Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adi Oye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fayan Gettys. What is up, Bless? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I love that I tabbed over to the dock. I tabbed back, and all of a sudden, you got a bomber jacket on. That's yeah. like Tim Gettys magic right there. It, it was a last-minute uh, choice where I forgot to put it on, so the intro people, they got a little, uh, a little something special today. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. What I like to call the reverse strip. You know? Oh, you yeah, it didn't, it never, it never really the old add on, the old add on. The, the trick is, even though he's putting on clothes, still gets us going the same way as if he was exactly. taking them off. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. You know, we got to think outside the box. It's 2021. Hell yeah. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing utterly fantastic blessing awesome uh, i want to give a shout out to a thing kevin said right before he went started i forget the exact quote but it was about vin diesel I, what, what was the quote you said kevin i don't, I don't know laugh. listen to myself when i speak tim do you recall the exact quote Fuck, i forget the exact quote because it was god it was so good it was something about him being an untrustworthy man or something. yeah no, it, was, it was something along those lines of like i just don't trust vin diesel <laughs> Which, <laughs> i don't it's like i mean put me on blast like that but i don't I'm just it's saying, perfect- like, in the situation between Vin Diesel and The Rock, I think The Rock cares more about the crew. You know what I mean? He's taking care of people's hours. He's like, hey, guys, we, it's, it's hey 8 guys. o'clock. These people need to be home with their family because I need to work out. And it's like, all right, get it. I'm, I'm fairly I'm fairly shocked this morning because the conversation we were having was about the, the Rock versus Vin Diesel and who's more at fault for the Fast franchise and the Rock not being in the new movie. And Tim, very much playing both sides here, which I wasn't expecting. It hurt me when he said it. Sides. I'm just saying ego is the problem and it is between the two. Both of them have had bad decisions made. I'm not defending either. I am, in fact, mm. anti-defending both. That's okay. my He's stance. Anti-defending them. Everyone write that down there. He's anti-defending both of them. Kevin is, Kevin is the real problem in all of this. <laughs> I'm saying, maniac. I, there's a certain energy that radiates from Vin Diesel and uh, Tyrese and it's that dangerous. whole crew there, Michelle it's Rodriguez. Dangerous. But I, I look at that crew and I'm like, it's your fault. I can tell that it's your no. fault. I don't, yeah, know what you guys did. I, it, no. I don't know what you guys did, but no, it's your you fault it that The Rock isn't no, in these movies. You guys are weird. family, guys. Family is rough. Family is hard, but you got to stick with them. You got to stick with them. It's Tim. definitely the Tyrese crying video, right? Like, that That's shows what, something's wrong at home with this family. It. It's part of it. I look at that. Ty- I look, look at the multiple Tyrese crying videos, and I'm like, I can see why The Rock is like, nah, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> something's wrong here. Something's I wrong look here. at Vin Diesel and the, the Instagram videos he puts out, and I'm like, yeah, I can Stop. see how The Rock would look at this it's and be like, too you guys much are weed. It's too much weed. I'm just saying, I don't think The Rock is at fault here. I think The Rock probably made the good decision by piecing out with one uh, Jason Statham and deciding, hey, we're going to make our own movie. It's going to be action awesome. I'm all about it. Make as much. Oh, Tim, don't do this. Don't do this. All let's right. Let's get up to the video game Idris news. Elba's going to be Black Superman. Tim, let's talk about video game news because today's stories include PS5 being the fastest selling PlayStation, Xbox Series X slash S being the fastest selling Xbox consoles, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash games or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, we got a new Kind of Funny Games cast up right now featuring the one and only Raven Simone. I say the one and only even though I know there are multiple Raven Simones. Uh, this one, though, is Raven Simone, a.k.a. Bob Dunga, who has a very awesome YouTube channel where she puts up uh, video essays as well as YouTube documentaries. We talk all about Lost Games Media uh, and how she was able to recover the Mean Girls DS game. It's an excellent episode of Kind of Funny Games cast that you should all check out. It is live right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. That's today. Tomorrow, at noon, we're reacting to that Annapurna Interactive Showcase, uh, which means will we get more 12 Minutes? Will we get more Stray? Will we get more Solar Ash? You got to tune in tomorrow to find out and see our reactions. That's, again, happening live, noon Pacific time, right here on Twitch.tv slash Games. Tim, what are your hype levels for that? Uh, I'm interested. I'm excited to see what they end up showing. I'm hoping we get some release dates. I feel like that's kind of the, the point we're at with these these titles for the the most part we've seen them at so many different indie shows that now's the time especially if Adapurna's doing its own thing i'm excited they're doing their own thing that's really cool 
Yeah, I love that too because they have such a good lineup and they've had such a good lineup over the years of cool indie games. We talked about the Devolver Digitals right before the podcast uh, or right before the show. We talked about uh, A24 on the movie, movie side. No, Annapurna is also on the movie side, but there are these indie art house studios that we look forward to in terms of the stuff they greenlight that usually ends up being quality. And Annapurna Interactive is 100% one of those. And all three of these games that I mentioned, 12 Minutes, Stray, Solar Ash, I'm looking forward to. I know they got more that they're working on uh, that are already announced. So should be a good stream tomorrow. I recommend everybody tune in. I'm very excited for it. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Away, mainly bands, and Amazon Music. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Starting with our number one, Tim, PlayStation has hit a huge milestone. PS5 has hit 10 million units sold. I'm pulling from Christopher Dring at gamesindustry.biz. PlayStation 5 is Sony's fastest-selling games console after surpassing 10 million sales worldwide. The new console reached the figure on July 18th, just under a month faster than the PS4 managed. Other sales figures released by Sony include uh, that, that Spider-Man Miles Morales has sold over 6.5 million copies since its launch last year. PS5 exclusives Returnal, released in April, uh, has exceeded 560,000 copies, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which, re- which was released last month, is already over 1.1 million units worldwide. Meanwhile, Sony San Diego developed MLB The Show 21, which was released on non-PlayStation platforms as well, has surpassed 2 million sales worldwide. The game actually has more than 4 million players and was included in the Xbox Game Pass subscription service. Interesting. Yeah. PlayStation 5 sales performance has been dependent on the company's ability to supply the demand with the console sold out globally. CEO Jim Ryan, in a statement, uh, said that improving inventory levels remains a top priority. Speaking with GamesIndustry.biz, Ryan adds that PS5 has seen double-digit growth in terms of engagement, whether that's monthly users or gameplay time, compared with the launch window of PS4. Quote, engagement on the platform is the highest that we've ever seen, whichever way you look at it. End quote. He says, Tim, huge numbers for PlayStation. What do you read from this? I mean, absolutely huge numbers. And what's really, really interesting about this is, you know, we're talking about, so just under a month faster than the PlayStation 4 managed to do this. We don't even need to get into all the details about how crazy that is given the supply and demand uh, issues we're having right now with the the PS5. But what I really want to point out is the games that they name drop and the numbers they name drop with them. Like, of course, they're going to talk about uh, Spider-Man and Ratchet, but they bring up Returnal. They, that is a game that they are proud of and proud of its, its success. It being a PS5 exclusive, it being a title that isn't necessarily a household name. Uh, it's a house mark game. Uh, it was released in April, not that long ago, 560,000 copies sold. Like That is definitely a narrative that I am excited to see PlayStation proud of. And so they're looking at that as a success. And um, I think that that is a good sign when you start looking at the rest of their lineup and for games kind of like uh, Kina coming out so damn soon, right? We are weeks away from that at this point. Um, And I'm hopeful that they'll be talking about that game in the same type of way, you know, six months from now or whatever it is. And it's like, that's building it out that PlayStation isn't just the same type of game over and over and over again on the triple a level it is a little bit more varied in the the space in terms of scope in terms of genre uh and just in terms of like developers of, of who are creating these games to play either exclusively or non-exclusively on the playstation 5 which is now getting to the point that it is in a ton of people's hands yeah and that's that's something i want to touch on for sure especially when you talk about returnal is that's that's one of the big reasons why I love the game so much, but then also why I think the game is so important for the PlayStation's portfolio is because we've had the conversations about what pl- the games that PlayStation greenlights and what PlayStation Studios is known for. We talk about Ghost of Tsushima. We talk about the Uncharted. We talk about these big third-person action narrative games. And, you know, you brought it, we, we bring up Returnal and also Kena Bridge of Spirits is a game that's coming out as examples of PlayStation being able to kind of broaden that and have different variation in terms of scope, budget, uh, type of game. Like Returnal is a PlayStation Studios first-party roguelike game that has come out. And that is kind of unheard of and that is a really cool thing and i think that speaks to uh one the fact that playstation studios is starting to broaden what the meaning of that is in terms of the kind of games they're going to be known for but also maintain quality uh of those games like i Mm -hmm. think 
I think shifting the conversation from PlayStation Studios being uh, known for third-person action narrative games and shifting that into, hey, PlayStation Studios is known for quality is going to be the big shift that you're yep. going to see them try to make, especially when you when they bring on more PlayStation Studios titles with partnering with uh, uh, various devs. We've seen the um, uh, Jade Raymond Studio pop up and how they're partnering with them to do a first-party title. We've seen other things, such as Firewalk Studio, which is going to be their multiplayer game that they're doing as well. Uh, and I think that's an awesome thing. I saw somebody earlier in chat uh, talking about the 560,000 sales figure and talking about how, wow, I would have expected a little bit more. You got to remember, right? When we talk about sales figures for PlayStation, coming off of the end of last gen, where we are talking about 3 million, 4 million sold in, in three days or three weeks, uh, for the best-selling PlayStation games, right? Spider-Man, God of War, stuff like that. You're also talking about an install base that has tens of million users uh, with, with the PS4 by that time. 100 right plus now, million more than there yes, are PS5s. <laughs> exactly. So you look at the PS5 right now, and there's only 10 million units out there. Returnal, not a cross-gen game, right? Returnal is a game that is exclusive for the PS5. Only those 10 million users can even have access to that. And when you're talking about 560,000 units... You know, that may sound small for a PlayStation first party game, but we're also talking about one twentieth of the user base. Yep. That's big for a totally. PlayStation and first party game. You move to Ratchet, we're talking about one tenth, over yeah. one tenth of the, the user base. And that game has only been out a, a month and a half. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like that's the thing, is like that we what we talk about a lot when it comes to uh, exclusive titles and new hardware is the stickiness, right? And I feel like we've really crossed over a, a point generation to generation with the switch where the attach rate was so high for Breath of the Wild and really the whole first year of Switch titles, and that hasn't really stopped as new Nintendo first party titles come out owners of the switch buy them by the like 25 percent of the entire switch yep. ecosystem and that's an insane amount of reliance that nintendo can kind of have on on understanding there's a consistency that when they put out titles of a certain caliber they're going to sell a certain amount so it's like that kind of is just good for everybody because it allows them to do more of the things we want with like a kind of built-in guarantee to some extent and playstation's done the exact same thing with playstation 4 we've seen it the entire generation through ending with things like the, the god of war horizon last of us two ghosts like it just kind of was like bam 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 and like all of those things have insane stickiness because they're high quality games that people have this console and expect from that console so moving into playstation 5 i think that we're, we're seeing the beginnings of that cycle happening again simultaneously while the ps4 is still doing everything i just said it's not going anywhere this gen is the most cross we've ever had uh between whether it's titles being released on both systems or just new titles still being released on old systems uh, exclusively, but getting their like patches or whatever for next gen, there's just more options and it doesn't always work out perfectly, but it works out better than it ever has before. Cause before it just didn't work <laughs> like before yeah. it was just like, maybe you could play last gen games on next gen maybe, but it never was a better experience. This is the first time we have that on the Xbox side. It's incredibly better. But I just think that's really exciting and like really looking at these numbers, even going into the MLB, the show numbers, like that's where this gets interesting from yeah. a PlayStation versus Xbox type conversation of like 2 million sales worldwide. That's yep. a good number, man, for a game that like there they are. Their PlayStation's making the money off of this. And then that's with Xbox Game Pass having it. Yep. And they, and they mentioned in the story here, right? The game actually has more than 4 million players. So you extrapolate that, right? Two million, two million sales, four million, four million players. The power of Game Pass there is really felt in terms of beefing up that player base and getting people in there. And when you have it, when you have a game like MLB, MLB The Show, which is thriving off of a player base and having in uh, microtransactions there and in-game in stuff, that's going to be huge for that game. And you know that is going to speak to what the future of MLB The Show is, because I guarantee, right? MLB The Show is not going to go back. Not not going to go back to being a, an exclusive game, but are we going to continue to see it even released on Xbox Game Pass year over the year becomes the question, right? Because it's having such success right now on there. And what does that mean for Xbox Game Pass in the future? There's so much in there. Uh, while we're on the topic of, of, of Xbox, I think uh, the next story actually feeds into the first story pretty well in terms of the whole conversation of it. Story number two is about how this console sales success story continues 
with Xbox Series X slash S being Microsoft's fastest selling consoles ever. Uh, I'm pulling from Tom Ivan at VGC who writes this. Microsoft has said that Xbox Series X and S are the company's fastest selling consoles ever. Company CEO Satya Nadella made the claim during the company's fourth quarter earnings uh, call on Tuesday. Quote, the Xbox Series S and X are fastest selling consoles ever, uh, with more consoles sold to date than any previous generation during that same time frame. We are all in on games. At E3 last month, we unveiled our biggest games lineup ever, announcing 27 new titles, which will all be available to Xbox Game Pass subscribers. Game Pass is growing rapidly, and it's transforming how people discover, connect, and play games. Subscribers play approximately 40% more games and spend 50% more than non-members, end quote. Research from uh, research firm Nico Partners estimates that uh, that total Xbox Series X slash S shipments reached 6.5 million as of June 30, 2021. That compares to its estimate of 5.7 million for Xbox One and 5 million for Xbox 360 in the same time frame. Tim, we're seeing pretty much every major console manufacturer uh, uh, report amazing sales for their consoles and this is even including switch historically over the last four years have been seeing historic sales on their side as well uh what does this do for you i mean this is just good news for the industry that we love like this is this is a sign that video games are becoming more and more mainstream and uh more and more accessible to larger swaths of people out there like i this the most interesting stats they dropped here uh are the subscribers of game pass play approximately 40 percent more games and spend 50 percent more than non-members like xbox now has this targeted group of people that they can make games for specifically that are the people that are going to play games the most and make them more money even than game pass itself is getting them like that they found this targeted group that is so valuable uh for market research and for making money and everyone's happy because it's a great service that is allowing all of these gamers to play games more than they ever have before so that's all great the numbers are also incredibly impressive like given again the supply and demand of this all this beating out the xbox one uh original 5.7 time frame of this going to 6.5 million uh in the in the same time frame like 6.5 million granted we're talking about two different consoles at two different price ranges but xbox isn't looking at it like that so we shouldn't either Looking at this, 6.5 compared to the 10 million of PS5, like that's pretty damn impressive when you're also adding on that the hardware sales of Xbox are infinitely less important to them than they yeah. ever have been before because Game Pass is also on Xbox One and oh, Xbox yeah. One X and Xbox One S and all that stuff. So, yeah. And there's been a big commitment for, uh, for from them in terms of cross-gen games as well currently. And for Xbox to be selling the consoles uh, as well as they are, I think that's also impressive given that like there's not really there you don't have like the big exclusive uh, Xbox next-gen games right now, right? Like Halo Infinite is probably going to be the the big title coming up this fall for them. But like that was supposed to be there at launch last year and that and that wasn't. So the fact that people are still showing up for it, I think one uh uh adds to the fact that there is a hunger for gaming right now, especially coming off of uh, uh, the pandemic and how that boosted interest in, in video games. You have that, but then also I think you're seeing a lot of people have faith in the strategy and have faith that, oh yeah, I am a fan of Halo. We are going to get Halo Infinite in the fall. I'll buy it because of that, or I'll buy it because I do want to play third-party games on here, or I'll buy it because I do uh, like the idea of Xbox Game Pass more than anything else. I think you're seeing a lot of that strategy actually pay off for them, even though uh, it's taking a little bit uh, uh, of this first year of the generation to actually build there. And I think that alone is also really impressive. I want to ask the question, though, for you, Tim. We, when we talk about supply constraints and we talk about big sales numbers numbers for both playstation and xbox uh i know the conversation of scalping comes up a lot and how that has had a huge effect on availability and people wanted to get in there for you does the conversation around scalping dampen the success stories a bit or do you think regardless these are still magnificent numbers there's been scalpers since the beginning of video games and there will be till the end of video games i think that now because of the supply issues of the ps5 and xbox series series uh they it's more pronounced than ever and it's a bigger issue because there are more people that can't get their hands on the consoles they want 
for a longer period of time than we've ever seen before. Normally, it's like the launch happens, but then by June, if the launch is in November, by June, everybody that wants one has uh, the access to to get their hands on one. But um, I think that's the major difference here. But like the reality is of these 10 million, it is a fraction of a fraction that are in scalpers hands right now. The majority of these things I am willing to bet are in the hands of gamers that want them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I would say so too. Like that would be my the uh, the thing I'll theorize too is that yeah, at this point, like scalpers, are of course, a problem. Scalpers suck in terms of what they do to availability and taking advantage of a situation, all that stuff. But uh, for what we're looking at in terms of user base and active user base user base for Xbox Game Pass, as well as sales numbers for games like Returnal and Ratchet and Clank, it seems that regardless, a lot of people are still able to get their hands on next gen consoles, even though a lot of the time it doesn't feel that way, especially if you're somebody who hasn't been able to get your hands on one we gotta uh, put in work and that sucks yeah. it sucks that it's not as easy as just going to amazon and you know adding to cart and checking out but like if you do play the game and you follow wario if like it again i'm not saying that this is the right thing but like you will get your hands on the console you want if you just put in a lot of annoying work oh yeah like, that i mean sucks case in point right like i'm somebody who's been able to during the initial pre-order pre-order period i was able to pre-order from target walmart uh and playstation directly right and i got rid of two of those pre-orders because i was able to get my hand or i was able to secure the playstation one and then uh give that to my roommate right but even later down the line i was able to get another one from playstation in order to give to another friend who was looking for a playstation and so like they're out there you're able you're, there are there are options out there but you do have to pay attention i think that is the sucky thing right now is that you kind of have to be on the ball in terms of obtaining one but it seems like as we're going availability is getting it, it, it these things are becoming more and more available bit by bit they're just not widely available which is i know the thing that sucks for so many people that on a whim are like yo i kind of want to get one now but i can't just go to gamestop and get one i kind of have to pay attention i know that sucks but if you're on the ball you should be able to get one right now uh and so hey good luck out there <laughs> yeah good luck i mean it's not a guarantee by any means but it's just like sure. it is it, it, uh, yeah it's interesting and at the end of the day like these numbers are incredibly impressive given the state of the world and the state of all uh things but the fact is they're still outpacing video games in history like we are selling more like there are more hardware out there next gen last gen all of it so mm-hmm. exciting stuff for what this means for exclusives and otherwise so let's talk about story number three. Let's a new AAA it. studio has been formed by Last of Us and Call of Duty devs. This is from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. Developers from the teams behind The Last of Us, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, God of War, Destiny, and many more have come together to form That's No Moon, a new studio working on a single-player, third-person action-adventure game and backed with a $100 million investment. As announced in a press release, That's No Moon comes with with a huge AAA pedigree, with many of its senior figures coming from a background at PlayStation Studios. Michael Mumbar, formerly head of PlayStation's Visual Arts Group, which you should recognize that name because we talked all about Michael Mumbar uh, in the stories about how the Visual Arts Group was working on Uncharted remakes and, and more stuff. Or, or sorry, The Last of Us remake, uh, as, long, as well as other things. Uh, Michael Mumbar is CEO, and Tina Kowalewski, uh, formerly head of product development at Sony Santa Monica, is chief strategy officer. Although details are scant, the studio's first game will be an ambitious new action-adventure game that will push the limits of both gameplay and story. Taylor Kurosaki will serve as creative director, and Jacob Minkoff will be game director. The duo previously worked together at Infinity Ward and Naughty Dog on Call of Duty Modern Warfare and The Last of Us. That's No Moon says the wider development team's credits include God of War, Fortnite, Last of Us Part II, Destiny, Uncharted 4, Thieves' End, and many more. That's No Moon has received a $100 million investment from Smilegate, uh, the creator of the Crossfire series, which will also be acting in a partnership role. The partnership aims to, quote, create new experiences that will inspire empathy and deeper personal connections with players around the world, end quote. Interestingly, while the studio is working on a game, the announcement press release mentions that uh, That's No Moon, quote, rests at the intersection of games, film, and TV, end quote. Although it's not clear if that's a creative philosophy or a representative of the actual kinds of products it aims to work on. Based in Los Angeles and San Diego, the studio aims to build a team of 100 developers by 2022. CEO Mombar was reported to have been working on a remake of The Last of Us before. Uh, that project ran into roadblocks. Uh, it seems that that's no moon represents what the former visual arts group studio uh head went on to do next 
Game leads Minkoff and Kurosaki announced that they had left Infinity Ward in May to pursue a rare and exciting new opportunity. Tim, that's no moon game studios. Does all of what I read make you hype? Oh my God, it could not be more hype. Every single name named, every single group they formerly were with is exciting. Like this is just awesome. I love seeing new AAA teams being formed because what does this mean five years from now? We're probably going to get something really, really special. Uh, and we were talking last story about all these next-gen consoles being in people's hands. Hopefully by the time this game, whatever it is, comes out, Everyone that wants to be able to play it on a next-gen console will be able to. I want to give a shout-out to Scott Lowe, the homie, uh, yeah. who is also part of this team now. He is the director of marketing and communications. Congrats to him. So fucking cool to see him from IGN to Naughty Dog to freaking doing this. So awesome. That's No Moon Studios. Very interesting. interesting name. Very interesting. The big question that we have to, to start off, are they working on a Star Wars project? Every single word used here could be a Star Wars project, and I'd be excited about that. Interesting. Well, I mean, what brings you to Star Wars? The name of the studio, That's No Moon, or just well, the idea of... Yeah, I mean, That's No Moon is a quote from Star Wars. Oh, so okay. very, very famous quote. About the Death Star. It's like, That's No Moon. That's No Moon. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. so there's that makes sense. Triple A mm -hmm. makes sense. Them talking about uh, a single-player, third-person action-adventure game. Like, all right, cool. A lot of that, that totally could be Star Wars. Could not be. But what really makes me think, oh, maybe is this rest of the intersections of games, film, and TV. Right? Yeah. That, that <laughs> all, I mean, be that, a lot compelling. of things. Yeah. But, um, but otherwise, it could just be a brand new IP, and I wouldn't be surprised. That name could yeah. just be a fun, cheeky name and really, really intricate logo that I'm not sure if I love or hate. <laughs> Kev, yeah. can you bring up the logo somehow? So I do want. I do want to shout out Kenzo in chat. Says blessing, fake Star yeah, Wars fan. Okay. I want to make it clear. I've never said I'm a Star Wars fan. Oh I've never shit! Blessing hates Star Wars. Get him, internet. Star Wars is a very fine. Get him, internet. Uh, I do like Star Wars video games though, and so that actually does get me kind of hype. I'm down to play a Star Wars Bless. video game. I'm gonna be but, honest. I agree with you and Barrett. Star Wars sucks now. I mean, I never said it sucks. I just no, don't really no, care about no, it. No, 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 no. Me, we you, Barrett, we're this. all on the same boat. Star Wars oh, God. sucks. Don't I hate it. It's no Ghostbusters, I'll tell you that. And there's definitely oh, no Uncharted. Oh, 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 oh guys. How many, oh, how many like controversial buzzwords can we throw into this like one minute to get everyone upset? I mean, what else is there? Like, Is uh, Star Wars uh, overrated? Last guys. Jedi. That's the last. Well, last oh, Jedi. Okay. No, no, no. So divided on right. Far. Yeah, you yeah. Went you went too far. We have rules. Blessed. Like, and that's it. That's going too far. Oh, that's the that's the bad oh, word. Oh, that logo Jedi. is fucking a lot. Oh. Yeah, Kev. Can you can you bring it up? Tim, I'm clearly working on it. Okay. I love can you. you. Stop stressing me out. Thank you. I will say I do like this coming <laughs> Look off. Look at of that. The... How many letters did they throw in there? Well, so that's the thing. Originally, I was like, okay, maybe they tried to spell that's no moon in that, but that, they didn't do that. But then my second. It's TNM. The, the, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but there's I mean, like one of those Rorschachs where you're trying to no, There's, you know a, you there's a weird butterfly in the middle that doesn't need to have. You, Kevin, that butterfly, what else does that look like? A TIE, uh, fighter. tie fighter. Thank you. Fucking thank you. And then on no, top of that. No way Bless would know, am I right, though? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, fucking get him, dude. No. So, like, what this also reminds me of is kind of the, like, targeting computer stuff from Star Wars, right? Uh -huh. uh, well, I mean, most of the technology from Star Wars looks like this. Anytime you're seeing a screen, it looks like some bullshit like this. It's like, exactly. oh, man, come on. Exactly. But it's like, I don't know. That could all just be still just a reference in, you know, an homage to, to something, to a franchise I mean, that yeah. obviously inspired millions of people uh, artistically so it's like it doesn't necessarily need to be a star wars project just because it is a star wars name uh mm -hmm. but with the license kind of being a little bit more open and out there and you know with big john drake making them money moves uh with with the disney partnerships like wouldn't yeah. be surprised i mean we'll get more star wars games out there right in the same way that you have marvel uh, partnering up with as many people as possible i think the the thing though is that this game strikes me as this is going to be a an uncharted like thing, right? Like this strikes me as this is going to be what visceral game Star Wars was mm -hmm. going to be. And that gets me excited. That gets me excited especially when you look at the names on it. That gets me excited when you talk about the budget behind it. I think all that is super awesome. Uh Kevin, Kevin what is this? I, somebody mentioned Adwala as the, the <laughs> look like the logo, but it doesn't. So I Googled Adwala to look at the logo, and I, did you know that a year ago, Coca-Cola shut down Adwala? Wild. You want to add that as That's a news story? Wild. Yeah, add that as story number seven. A baker's Damn. dozen. Holy shit. <laughs> 
but I, I do I do love this too as a uh, coming off of the Mombar story and how you had that group see, uh, seemingly come through, try to do their own thing, get lumped in with uh, working on Naughty Dog projects, and feel seemingly unsatisfied with what, what they're doing there. Uh, the fact that they can, the fact that Michael Mombar specifically can piece out, be like, I want to do my own thing, and seem to come back with a big studio working on a big project. Congratulations to that. Like that's a big come up story, and so uh, sh big shout outs. And I, I just want more of those type of games, man. Like, I love those third-person narrative action games. So, more, Star Wars or otherwise, I'm in. Do you do you think we could get to an oversaturation point with it, though? No. Because now, like, we got, what, the, the the Star Wars game from the team we're working on The Division. We got uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which will probably have a sequel at some point. We have, I mean, all the EA Star Wars games that they've already done that probably have sequels as well. Do you think we get to the point where we're like, okay, enough is enough? Or do you think the more the merrier at this point? It's not the more the merrier, it's the more quality the merrier. Like at the end of the day, how many podcasts did we do in 2013 that were just like superhero movies? I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a saturate. No, we're still here. Bigger, better, more than ever. So it's like, as long as it's good, you get that there's the momentum that starts to build. And I'm not necessarily just talking about Star Wars games. I'm just talking about third person narrative action games. Like we don't have that many of them. And it's like, it feels like we do sometimes when we're talking about the games we love most from PlayStation, but that's just because we really love those handful of games. There's mm -hmm. not like there's like multiple of them coming out every year. It's not like it's an indie retro platformer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And in terms of add the Star Wars wrapper on top of it, Star Wars can be so many different things. Does it end up normally just being the same thing over and over? Sure. But that's not my fault. <laughs> that's the problem. That's their problem. But I'm going to keep playing them. I like lightsabers. I do like lightsabers too as well, Tim. Tim, you know what else I like? Patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. But if you're listening to this part of the show, that means that you didn't. And so here are some ads. This episode is brought to you by Away. Away is a modern lifestyle brand that creates thoughtful products for every traveler and every kind of trip. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now when travel looks more different than ever before, you can count on Away's range of suitcases, bags, and accessories whenever you take that next trip. Here at Kind of Funny, we travel a lot. So every little thing that can make that experience better and easier, we're going to look for. And Away has done that tenfold. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that is super, super handy, and a TSA-approved combination lock can keep all of your belongings safe. There's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes, so if you don't like it, you can return it, no questions asked. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash KFGD. That's awaytravel.com slash KFGD. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. If you're looking for a ready lineup of binge-worthy podcasts plus free streaming music, you have to check out Amazon Music. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this show and all of Kind of Funny's other podcasts. You can go check out and review. It's fantastic stuff. No matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You can get the app and enjoy free listening anywhere on all your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Uh, Amazon on music isn't just for listening to podcasts they have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free if you've never tried amazon music what are you waiting for you're going to love it as much as i do and as much as my bro cool greg does start listening for free today head over to amazon.com slash kfgd that's amazon.com slash kfgd to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free amazon.com slash kfgd and finally, shout out to Manly Bands. Guys, for the better part of their lives, our better halves have been fantasizing about the perfect wedding ring. For us, not so much. And jewelry stores clearly think the same thing. Uh, Manly Bands is here to rescue you from an otherwise hellish band buying experience. Manly Bands offers you and your hand the freedom to look how you want it to in just about every type of earthly material imaginable and even from space. Yeah, Kevin is all about this stuff. There's some really, really, really cool ones. Uh, one of my really good friends, Danny, actually has one of these and it's beautiful. I love the amount of color options there are i love the the amount of material options they are check them out really attractive uh wedding bands here to get started order the manly ring sizer for manly bands to ensure that your ring will fit perfectly during work and play while there might be a 50 percent chance of your marriage working out damn there's a hundred percent chance that you're gonna love your band it's dark but hey 
stats are stats to order your manly band and get 21% off plus a free silicone ring go to manlybands.com slash kfgd that's manlybands.com slash kfgd for 21% off manly bands the best damn rings period there's an energy today bless and i love it i fucking love it every once in a while me and kev just get in this wave like that i'm just like oh we vibing and here we are let's continue the train choo choo let's continue well it's gonna be hard to continue the train with the next news story because we're going back to the activision blizzard uh, saga story number four we've got a few more updates on that uh we we got like three more updates or i'm gonna start with a statement that bobby kotick put out Pulling from Ian Walker at Kotaku, who writes this. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick has issued a public statement addressed to all employees concerning their harassment lawsuit against his company. The full statement is as follows. This has been a difficult and upsetting week. I want to recognize and thank all those who have come forward in the past and and in recent days. I so appreciate your courage. Every voice matters, and we'll do a better job of listening now and in the future. Our initial responses to the issues we face together and to your concerns were quite frankly tone deaf. It is imperative that and to pause there, right? Because I don't think I gave full context, and I'm sure there's people that might be hopping into this episode uh, that may have missed the previous ones, right? Like the whole ordeal is that uh, Activision Blizzard being sued by the state uh, for harassment. Uh, 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 sexual harassment uh, and prejudice against women in their in their working practices, all this stuff. Uh, Activision Blizzard put out a statement earlier. That statement was doing a lot of uh, denying of the charges, kind of tone deaf, not even kind of, very tone deaf. Um, and this is kind of where we're picking back up with an additional statement from Bobby Kotick. It is, imper- it is imperative that we acknowledge all perspectives and experiences and respect the feelings of those who have been mistreated in any way. I'm sorry that we did not provide the right empathy and understanding. Many of you have told us that active outreach comes from caring so deeply for the company, that so many that so many people have reached out and shared thoughts, suggestions, and highlighted opportunities for improvement is a powerful reflection of how you care uh, for our communities of colleagues and players and for each other. Ensuring that we have a safe and welcoming work environment is my highest priority. The leadership team has heard you loud and, loud and clear. We are taking swift action to be the compassionate, caring company you came to work for and to ensure a safe environment. There is no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind. We'll do everything possible to make sure that together we improve uh, and build the kind of inclusive workplace that is essential to foster creativity and inspiration. I have asked the law firm Wilmer Hale to conduct a review of our policies and procedure uh, procedures to ensure that we have the main we we have and maintain best practices to promote a respectful and inclusive workplace. Uh, he continues on uh, and says, "We are committed to long-lasting change. Effective immediately, we will be taking the following actions: one, employee support. We will continue to investigate." each and every claim and will not hesitate to take decisive action. To strengthen our capabilities in this area, we are adding additional senior staff and other resources to both the compliance team and the employee relations team. Uh, Two, he talks about listening sessions. Three, personnel changes. We are immediately evaluating managers and leaders across the company. Anyone found to have impeded the integrity of our processes for evaluating claims and imposing appropriate consequences will be terminated. He then goes on to talk about four hiring practices and then five in-game changes. He details those things, but you can go into the statement. I didn't want to include the whole thing because it would be a very long read. Your your well-being remains my priority, and I will spare no company resource ensuring that our company has the most welcoming, uh, comfortable, and safe culture possible. We have my unwavering commitment that we will improve our company together and will be the most inspiring, inclusive entertainment company uh, in the world. Yours sincerely, Bobby. That followed uh, a statement from World of Warcraft. Uh, they put up a statement on their Twitter talking about how they're going to make some changes in the game based off of a lot of uh, the talk of the last few days. I'm pulling from Jay Peters at The Verge. The World of Warcraft team has vowed to remove, quote, references that are not appropriate for our world uh, in the coming days, end quote, following California's major sexual harassment and workplace discrimination lawsuit filed against World of Warcraft developer Activision Blizzard last week. The World of Warcraft team's statement on Tuesday didn't specify what references they would remove, but it seems possible that NPCs and items uh, named for former World of Warcraft senior creative uh, creative director Alex Afrasiabi or no Afra Alex Afrasiabi that was when we were struggling with on Friday I believe Alex Afrasiabi uh, may be taken out of the game, although Afrasiabi 
seemingly left Blizzard in June 2020. His stamp on the game remains, as Kotaku reported on Thursday. After Siabi was singled out in the lawsuit for his horrible behavior, which the Department of Fair Employment and Housing says included, quote, blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions, end quote. Lastly, uh, this morning, uh, walkout organizers released a statement in response to Bobby Kotick. Uh, the statement reads like this. On the evening before our employee walkout, Activision Blizzard leadership released a statement apologizing for their harmful responses to last week's DFEH lawsuit. While we are pleased to see that our collective voices, including an open letter with thousands of signatures from current employees, have convinced leadership to change the tone of their communications, this response fails to address critical elements at the heart of employee concerns. Activision Blizzard's response did not address the following. The end of forced arbitration for employees, worker participation in oversight of hiring and promotion policies, the need for greater pay transparency to ensure equality, and employee selection of a third party to audit HR and other company processes. Today's walkout will demonstrate that this is not a one-time event that our leaders can ignore. We will not return to silence. We will not be placated by the same processes that led, to, that led us to this point. This is the beginning of an enduring movement in favor of better labor, labor conditions for all employees, especially women, in particular women of color and trans, transgender women, uh, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups. We expect a prompt response and, and a commitment to action from leadership on the points enumerated above and look forward to maintaining a constructive dialogue on how to build a better Activision Blizzard for all employees. Today, we stand up for change. Tomorrow and beyond, we will be the change. That's the end of the statement. Tim, I did a lot of talking there. Uh, and I'm about to do some more, bless. Yeah, well, breaking, what do you have Breaking news right now. Uh, Steven mm -hmm. Totillo uh, from over at Axios that we talked about a couple days ago uh, just posted a thing saying nearly 500 current and former Ubisoft workers from 32 studios have signed an open letter in solidarity with Activision Blizzard workers and calling out Ubisoft management for its handling of its misconduct scandals over the past year. Uh, there's a full letter in full. It doesn't just stand with AB workers, doesn't just criticize Ubisoft bosses. It calls for industry-wide action and change with publishers and developers getting involved. Uh, and then there was a, a whole... Um, uh, letter there that is very similar uh, in tone and, mm -hmm. and wording to the thing you just read as well. So this is it, man. This is all it's all happening. And this this sucks that we're here. But this last week has all kind of been leading to this next step, which is the action of the people and the the, the solidarity of standing together and making demands. And the next step after this is seeing how that all shakes out like what are the repercussions will there be repercussions there hasn't been many in the last year when it comes yeah. to uh these type of stories so i i'm a little more hopeful for this one i don't really know why but it does feel like i mean at some point enough is enough right yeah and i feel like we we have to be hitting critical mass of that where you you just can't ignore this anymore no matter who you are yeah, and seeing seeing the Ubisoft workers come out and really stand by the workers at Activision and make similar demands and really fight back, it warms my heart so much. Because you're right, that's the exact thing we need from this. And I think this time feel this time does feel feel different. I think in the ways that uh, you are seeing more and more people uh, like hold hold hands in a way that is more confrontational, right? That is less so, hey, just so you guys know, this shit is happening over here and it sucks and us go, yeah, that sucks. But we don't know what to do about it. And then life goes on because nobody is really making the uh, demands and the actions necessary to actually force people into positions to actually make change, right? Like I love, love, love seeing Ubisoft workers go, nah, fuck this. Like we're gonna do it too because enough is enough and things need to change. I think that's awesome. I Reading the, reading the statement from Bobby Kotick, you know, like it feels so much like lip service based off of one the statements that we got last week coming out of activision but then also seeing that okay cool so you guys only have things to say when it hurts your pockets because now we've hit the we've hit the point where activision blizzard can't really promote shit uh stocks have started to drop and that's when bobby kotick is finally like all right i'll make some change like we can finally do this like no like that's not that that's not where this ends this ends with uh likely unionization this ends with uh people losing their job the people that are that uh have been fostering this environment and allowing it to continue to to uh uh 
stay up and and the people who even allowed it to come through come to fruition and get to this point right like those people need to go uh and so the fact that people are speaking out in this way and making demands and standing firm and not allowing uh statements like bobby kotick's statement uh and stuff that is stuff that feels like it's trying to uh uh like placate the 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 workforce by being like hey we hear you hey we'll do this hey here's this that's not enough. Like we need exact changes. We need we need you to hear us and not just hear us. We need you to act based on that. Uh, I love that. And of course, like we we here stand with the folks over at Activision Blizzard who are uh, uh, doing doing the good work, uh, uh, not working today and making sure that their voices are heard. Shout out to that. It's an amazing thing. Absolutely. Tim, let's talk about story number five. Blue Box Studios. That's right. That Blue Box Studios is back on their bullshit. Uh, yesterday, they tweeted out an image teasing their PlayStation app, which the, now they've called a uh, the abandoned real-time experience. They tweeted out with an image, with, which, Kev, if you're able to pull up the image, that'd be great. Uh, it'd be cool if you gave me a link, you know what I mean, man? The link is in the doc under the news story. So there you go, Kevin. Uh, they tweeted yeah. out saying, "Are you ready?" Ah, we I are. got it. You're right. It was right yeah, there. My see, bad. My guy. My, my, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stressing about I all you, man. I forgive you, man. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot of work, man. I understand. I understand. Look uh, at these fucks. The image- Look at these fucks. God damn it! Like you, y'all, y'all gotta stop. It, you know what I mean? Lay us I, enough. It. So to describe it, right, for people who are watching audio or listening audio, it's the abandoned real-time experience only for PS5 text. But then behind that is a blurred image. That blurred image. Man in an eye patch that looks strangely like they could be, I don't know, b- but it doesn't, but it doesn't, you know game. what I mean? Like it <laughs> looks it like it could be, but it looks more like Tim wearing an eye patch. Look at it's Tim's bullshit. Face. And Look I'm at the facial hair. Look at the facial hair. Look at the shape of Tim's head. What, what if the twist was like, I was behind this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> I would get his like, reveals that he's behind the Twitter account. I hate this. It, it is. Uh, actually upsetting me and i know that doesn't matter to many people out there but i hope that there's somebody in the chat right now that is like you know what tim i'm here for you you don't need to be this angry and i'll be like thank you person in chat thank you for being there for me because i am irrationally angry about this this is such insult to injury fuck this stop stop you need to stop asking for this bullshit mm-hmm. you're asking for it mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it, they're doing a really good troll job because i i hit the point after the last time, right, where they teased out a name that seemed like it could be Silent Hill, we went through that whole saga of them denying any sort of connection to Kojima and really going hard in terms of, no, like, we didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Like, no, this isn't a Kojima-based thing. I, I went to the, I went through the saga of being like, ah, oh, well, you kind of leaned into it, but uh, I get, like, kind of sucks that you're a small developer. Okay, like, uh, I guess I, I guess I'll let it slide. Like, people make, make mistakes. You know, maybe you didn't know what you're getting into. Them coming back with this is, like, the most, like, man, you guys, you guys are fucking just gnarly with it. You guys don't give a fuck. <laughs> like you guys are really trying to trying to market this game by any means necessary. And so, so hey, I'm I'm, I'm tr- gonna download the app, see what it's about, and you know, it's not gonna be. Why? Silent. Why not just wait till? Yeah, I'm gonna watch. Because I'm curious. Stories. I'm curious to see what it is. I, I'm interested I in lie. what's going on with this fucking picture behind him, where it's like I don't even know why. Why am I doing this? Why am I giving that the attention they fucking want? But uh, the kind of. It looks like an eye patch, but it also, based on the blurriness, kind of looks like sunglasses with no. just an eye patch line. But then, when you look more, it looks like there's words, like white words that are blurred out, which is very reminiscent yeah. to the Phantom Pain reveal thing. So right, it's like it, there's just like layers to this shit of how annoying it can possibly be. But I don't think there's ever been a a news story that has been this inconsequential uh, that I've ever covered on Games Daily that like I get mm. this upset about the longer it goes on, where it's just like, it's just getting worse and worse and worse for something that like, I, I hope there was like some ramifications for this. I hope that somebody I mean, right is now, this, I, like, you know right, what, fuck this. Right now, I think the ramification is I cannot see this game appearing back on the PlayStation blog. The, this game, if you remember, was revealed on the PlayStation blog as as this abandoned thing. And if I'm PlayStation and I'm seeing this behavior, and this is not a Kojima thing, then I'm like, no, nah, fuck you guys. Like, no, we we like we stood with you, and now you guys are out here f- like doing crazy shit with your marketing. No, we're not going to stand by this. And so I think that's probably part of it. And then, of course, when this is actually officially revealed, like they're gonna they are going to feel the wrath of the internet in a way that. I do not I like I do not envy. Like they are they're asking for a lot of bullshit to get thrown their way. Uh is there, like, is, 
It is sucks, there man. any chance this isn't like bullshit and this is actually like I don't know something? Yeah, there's a huge chance. Yeah, I mean, it could be so yeah. many different things, and like that—that's the worst part about all this. It's just like I, I just feel that I'm very over this, and I don't have faith in the way they're doing this. That I at this point don't want this to be something I'm interested in because I don't believe that this team has the 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 stuff to give us that cool thing. Because they're yeah. handling this super poorly, in my opinion. At the end of the day, I need to say this, and I'm going to always say this when it comes to shit. Don't be mean to people. Leave people alone. Don't of go course. after these devs. But having said that, this sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Let's wrap up the Roper Report with story number six. Uh, there's a reason why I've been wearing this Mario shirt, Tim. And it's because of this new story specifically. Uh, Lady Gaga was supposed to come out of a Mario war pipe at the Olympics. This is from Liana Rupert at Game Informer. Yeah, you weren't expecting that one, were you? The Tokyo Olympics None of those off. words. <laughs> None of those words. <laughs> Just last week. And the opening ceremony featured amazing tracks from some of our favorite gaming franchises. With music from Monster Hunter, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, Soul Calibur, and more, the absence of Nintendo was glaring. Apparently, the company was initially slated to be a part of the Tokyo Olympics uh, commencement ceremony, including a scrapped concept of Lady Gaga coming out of a Super Mario warp pipe. In a new report from the Japanese site uh, Bunshun, or Bunshun, uh, this is via Reset Era, there is documentation of the opening ceremony's collapse, quote-unquote collapse, uh, detailing that was initially thought to be the, the show starter. According to the site, the original plan was to have a red motorcycle rush in to the theme of, of the main character from Katsuhiro Otomo's manga, Akira. A song written by Yasutaka Nakata was meant to play, and the overall vibe was meant to be sunny and cheery. But what actually ended up making the final production was a very different picture, which makes the leaked showcase plans all the more interesting. The report states, quote, on July 19th, four days before the performance, uh, Keigo Oyamada, who was in charge of the composition, was forced to resign because he had he had made statements in the past that boasted of bullying, quote, bullying for people with disabilities. Kentaro Kobayashi, who was in charge of the production as a show director, was also dismissed after discovering that he had been uh, ridiculing the Holocaust in the past, end quote. With those with with those changes, many visions regarding the event were altered. Damn, I can't imagine. That's uh, such a weird sentence, like ridiculing the Holocaust. Yeah, like what the fuck is going on over there? The doc <laughs> the documentation uh, details several major ways that the opening ceremony changed just before the final curtain call. Nintendo's participation as of June 16th was meant to include the main theme of The Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Suite, Kirby Superstar Medley, and the opening of Pokemon. The article details that all of those plans were scrapped just before the show, though Nintendo did not comment when inquiries were made outside of, quote, we are not in a position to answer, end quote. I, I, I want to say the um, assumption here was that they saw this other bullshit with these other folks that are supposed to be involved and went, nope, we are not associating with that and pulled out. But that is just a theory. That's not, uh, that's not stated as fact anywhere because we couldn't get a, a statement from Nintendo. But interesting one weird one fun tidbit for you there you know i'm sad we didn't get to see lady gaga pop out of mario warp pipe because lord knows i would have been all about that i would have oh, yeah. loved to see that but totally hey it is what it is i just i wish we could have heard the music i always love new arrangements although with this list of of titles it seems like it's all arrangements we've heard before mm -hmm. potentially but still exciting yeah, there's still there's nothing of like music. that. The opening of Pokemon, let's fucking go. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, imagine like seeing uh, Olympians or whoever like come on stage or walk out to the field to the tune of I don't know, Cerulean City. <laughs> well, I mean, what's cool so funny is they did that with the uh, with the Kingdom Hearts music, and it's like they played the like the Hercules uh, Olympus music from Kingdom mm -hmm. Hearts for the Olympics. It's so nerdy and specific. I love it. I love it. Go get them Olympics and go get them video games industry and video game music, which is phenomenal. And so uh, that's an all that's all an awesome thing. Tim, I can't wait for the 2024 Olympics to see what other video game soundtracks get used to introduce this ceremony. But that Olympics is so far away. If I want to know coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah! Ignore the cat. I was stoked, dude. 
Thomas is like, I can't wait for the Olympics as well. Out today, we got the Forgotten City for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. We got Io, the Clown, for Switch, PC, and Mac. Uh, we got Chernobylite for PC, Unbound World Apart for Switch and PC, Trigger Witch for PS4 and Xbox One, Final Fantasy 3 for PC, Final Fantasy 2 for PC, and Final Fantasy, the original, for PC. And then Madness Beverage is out today for Xbox One Whoa. and Xbox Series X. Tim, could you guess what Madness Beverage is? Madness Beverage? I mean, I got to imagine it's like an overcooked type game. Or like that Tim. supermarket game with the donkey. Oh, Tim, you are so far off. No, it is not. Oh, oh uh, damn. Kevin, I have a link here if you want to pull it up. Uh, Madness Beverage. I saw this on Twitter as I was scrolling through. I want to say Major Nelson uh, uh, retweeted it. Because it's an Xbox exclusive right now. Uh, and I watched the trailer and I was like, huh, interesting. Interesting. It is a first person uh, shooter game. Ah, there's the mutant right there. It has a lot of like boom quake vibes to it. Very crunchy uh, first person shooter graphics. Ah. Crunchy is a good word. Yeah, crunchy uh, Crunchy is definitely the word for it. Real unreal tournament. No, I don't understand either. where the beverages come in. That's the that's the thing that I'm, that that confuses me. But I'll tell you what, bless. I'm hold on, hold thirsty. on. There they are. Oh, oh, there they are. Powerful beverages. You drink beverages to up to upgrade. They give you powers. It's like that one game with the daddies and the little sisters. Bioshock. God, that's it. Damn, you Kevin. nailed it. What? Bioshock. Isn't that what they're called? Just what a way to describe Bioshock. What's they the got the big daddies. With the daddies and the little sisters. I mean, yeah, I, I like. It, it's right? accurate. It's just You're, the way it's All right. So there you go. That's Madness Beverage. New days for you. Uh, this comes from Dr. Mario World on Twitter. <laughs> they tweeted out an end of service notice. The Dr. Mario World's game game service will end on October 31st, 2021. Thank you very much to the players who have supported the game. Tim, did you ever try, try out Dr. Mario World? I did. Just for a little bit. I always try out the Nintendo all? mobile just shutting games. Down already? No. I mean, it's been it's been out for long enough. Has it? I I feel like this was announced what like a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how long do these games need to be around. Is, I'm not really there. sure. You know what I mean? Like Mario Kart Tour is still around, making a lot of money from uh, suckers paying like five dollars a month for that gold pass. It's like wow. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that. Nintendo, I played the hell please. out of that game for like a month, and I'm like, you know what? That was a, a waste of a month, but it had some fun moments. I'm going to be real. Nintendo, I need to release a traditional Dr. Mario game because I, I miss Dr. Mario. I would love to play a new Dr. Mario. Dude, Dr. Mario was fun until like it, like it you got to the levels where it's like, oh, no, you need to be like pop all the clouds. Yeah, Stupid. once you hit, once you start hitting the later levels, it it's has like, way on. more of a difficulty curve than Tetris. Where Tetris, like, you can keep up for quite some time. At least I can. Doctor Mario, you get to level fucking nine, and it's already like, holy shit, there's a lot of germs on this thing, and I cannot get the right colors to spawn. Well, no, it was the hidden keys. Remember where you couldn't see the keys because the clouds, and so you had to like waste a move to like make the clouds go away. It was disappointing. Uh, more for new dates. We got Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater. That's coming to consoles and PC on October 28th, 2021. And then Picross S, Genesis and Master System Edition is launching August 5th on the Switch. Deal of the day for you. Uh, it's officially official. The PlayStation Twitter tweeted out this morning. Hunter's Arena Legends, Tennis World Tour 2, and Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville are your PlayStation Plus games for August. If you remember earlier, that was sort of leaked by the PlayStation website, but they took it back. Uh, but now we get official word. You're getting those three games. So get hyped for some tennis and a new mm -hmm. Battle Royale game. Tim's Tim, folks can go over to uh, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so you can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Let me tell you, you guys did not hesitate today. There are quite a few write-ins, but it seems like a lot of it is additional context. Oh, I do like this one, though. Let me, let me double-check this one. This one is about a Back for Blood open beta. We might have dates announced and it looks like we do uh black for blood has an open data early access date of august 5th uh through august 9th and then um the open beta is happening august 12th through august 16th so hell yeah uh, let's see here let's see here mm -mm 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 -mm. 
Nanobiologist writes in and says, Dr. Mario World has been out for over two years. It launched July 10th, 2019. So we just freshly hit the two-year mark on that game. And then one more for new dates. Grezik says, Marvel Future Revolution uh, launches August 25th. So there you go. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Greg playing some Ghostbusters, the video game. Uh, if you want to catch that later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. It's me and Janet.